morning, good morning, good morning. Hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Yet we're in yet another amazing day. So many different things going on around us. I don't know about you and your area, but here yesterday, just the rain, the rain, the rain, the rain all day long. But nonetheless, we're just grateful for the rain because it hadn't rained here and they say weeks, amen. And we're just so grateful to him for, you know, there's so many different things going on around us, amen. There's war over in the Middle East, as we know. There's war here in our own, almost like civil war in our own country and things of people just still shooting, you know, and, and all kinds of stuff and all these things that could go wrong. But yet God put his hand around us and he's kept us and he's loved on us. And I'm just so grateful and I can't wait to get here to worship with him on today to worship him just thank him for all the goodness and all the care and all the love that he's given us because it could have been a different way we could have been talking about you today we could be talking about your funeral we could be talking about that you are no longer with us but nonetheless god is good and he's worthy to be praised so without any further ado we're gonna go right into our worship service on this morning with sister Domin dominique harris amen as she comes to her and come to us in her own way or however god has to lead her to go you all, I'll see you in a little bit. Good morning, hallelujah. It's such a great and awesome privilege to be back with you.
the situation that you were going through. It was the Lord who brought you out on the other side. It was the Lord who brought you into victory. the Lord.
belongs. I don't care what it looks like. It belongs he has the victory if you know that you have the victory through Christ put a praise right now
God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. How many of you know you just worship him because of who he is? Not that you've done something so special, not that you've just been wonderful, not that you've been kind, but he's been so wonderful and kind to us. Amen. How many of you know that God has just been so, so good to you? He's been better to you than you've been to yourself. Amen. And I'm just grateful, grateful. How many of you know you're just grateful this morning? If you just put your hands up and just lift your hands to him and say, Lord, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful to you from whom all blessings flow. And I'm just so delighted to be here on this morning for God is good and he's worthy, worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down the same. He's so worthy to be praised and I'm just so grateful to him. I'm grateful, 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 grateful. I can't say it enough. How many times am I grateful? I'm grateful as many times as I can get it out of my mouth. For they said that if you had 10,000 tongues, I could not praise him enough to know that he has been good to us and he's been better to us than we have been to ourselves. And I'm, I, you know, the God has just been so good. And and I just think about all the traveling that me, many of you all have done. Some of you have gone, you know, I saw on the news that people were at the fair just enjoying themselves and having a good time. Yet someone thought enough to, didn't think enough to come out and just start shooting people. We had a point in time now, amen, that people are almost prisoners in their own homes. But we're just grateful that we know that who holds our tomorrow for it's Jehovah Jireh who gives us everything and all that we need. Amen. We preached on last week that we used to look to the birds because he brought birds and he had birds in there. And those birds were there, what, to help feed them and take care of them. Amen. And we're just so grateful that God, you know, to, for, for God, for all that he's done and all that he continues to do for us. And I'm just grateful, 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 grateful. How many of you are just grateful on this morning? I know I keep saying it, but I know someone doesn't hadn't gotten it yet, amen. Someone hadn't gotten it yet that we're in a spirit, in a, in a place of, of, of just gratitude, just gratitude. Because all that we have, all that we are, and all that we get to do can just change so quickly and so suddenly, amen. And I don't think people get it or understand it, how quick and how suddenly this thing can change, amen. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful, 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 grateful. Grateful, 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 grateful to him that all is well and God is taking care of us and he's keeping us alive. Amen. And I'm grateful, grateful. Amen. Um, good morning to all of you and welcome to others to the Safe House Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Dr. Pete Ely and I have the wonderful and distinct pleasure to serve as pastor over this part of the vineyard. And we're just so grateful to um, each and every one of you. You could have chosen to go somewhere else, but you chose to be here with us. And for that, we are grateful. Amen. As we get our things here centered, um, I got a little technical thing here. I don't know what's going on. I can't see my camera. Amen. But nonetheless, but you know, God is good and we'll figure it out here in a second. But we hope that all is well with you and for God has just been so good to us. And like I said, I just can't say it enough. I can't say it enough. Um, that God has been so good to us, amen, and he's been better to us than we have definitely been to ourselves, and we're just grateful to him. Um, hope all is well with you that you got, you know, time to share with your family on this weekend, amen, on this morning that you spent time with one another, amen, and that you got to go to the places that you desire to go and do some of the things that you desire to do and hang out with your family, amen. I'm just so grateful for that, grateful, grateful. All right, we figured that out. Um, for... 
God is good and he's worthy to be praised. And good morning from Greensboro, North Carolina. If you're reaching us, this is the Safe House Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. Amen. And we here, we believe God has called us to do three specific things. And not only that we do the basics, that we do all that, that goes without saying. But he's called us to do three specific things and that we call it DEA, Discipleship, Empowerment, and Accountability. That he's called us to be disciples here in the space to work with one another to help each other, amen, as we go through the through and we learn God's word, then he's called us to empowerment, amen, empowerment, that we are to use the gifts and talents that God has given us to not only just help us, but to help somebody else, for I'm here truly to be able to be a help to someone else, and then the last piece of this is accountability, that we are to be accountable in the space, we are accountable to do all the things that God has called for us to do, amen. Feel like I'm really up close and personal with you all today. Uh, my camera's got readjusted. This is how these things go, amen. When you're moving around a lot and moving stuff, sometimes the cameras, you know, when I was started, it was one thing, and now it's up here, so I can't just get up and move it, amen. Well, I could, but I'm not going to do that. So y'all got to deal with me up close and personal on today, amen. I, I saw my dentist on this week, so the teeth should be sharp, amen. I did see my barber, but y'all know how those haircuts be. They just don't last. And y'all know haircuts have just gotten expensive. Oh, my gosh. You know, I take me and my son, it's like $80, $90 now, but everything is expensive. I was telling my wife on this morning, we was looking at our cable bill, and I was like, our cable bill has increased over $100 in less than a year, $100 in less than a year. And I went back and I looked, and, and now the cable companies are smart because what they're doing is now they want to show you where every piece is coming from. And it was just little bitty changes over time, $5 here, $10 for this. $5 for that, $5 for this. And then on top of that, then you have these taxes and fees, FFFCC fees and all this other stuff. And that stuff starts to accumulate. And then you find yourself like, man, what was once $100 is now $200. What's what was $200 is now $300. And, you know, my wife and I, we was talking over the weekend talking about cars and the price of cars and how things have just gotten so out of hand. But I've also reminded myself and I was telling my wife, as um, I used to always hear my grandfather say that when he was a little boy that he can get a honey bun for a nickel. And I was thinking about it when I was a little boy, I can get a honey bun for a quarter. Um, and now I think about my son, he can get a honey bun for $2. Y'all, 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 y'all following me? Things are just changed. Amen. And, um, you know, remember you can get up $5 used to be gas money. And now you look at $5 as, you know, you can't even go to um, McDonald's and get a Happy Meal. You know, I worked in the fast food industry when I came through high school. And I remember we used to sell Whoppers for $0.99. Cent. And then we had times where we would sell a whole Whopper meal for, was it, um, $2.99. Amen. And now you go, I went to Burger King maybe, maybe, maybe two, maybe a month ago. And that same Whopper meal now, depending on where you are, is like $8.99. $8.99. I only saw prices like that. When I actually went to like Hawaii, and which was understandable at the time because in Hawaii, they have to import everything, right? It's very few things that have grown there. Yes, they have pineapples and that kind of stuff and plenty of pork, but very few things were actually there. So therefore, they imported everything that they had. Um, so the prices were a little bit more. But nonetheless, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God is still taking care of us. Despite all the things that are going on, despite all that we've seen, all that we hear, if you hear me, then that means you are still here, and that means there's still opportunity for you to go forward. How many of you know there is a word from the Lord on today? I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm not going to drag it on. 
I'm grateful to all of those who were able to make it to the face-to-face service on last week. God showed himself strong, amen. And we're just grateful for that, Lord. You know, even though we go through things and stuff just seem like, it just seemed like whatever want to go wrong will go wrong. But then what I'm finding is that, you know, God is creating us and is giving me the spirit um, to be able to deal with things and be more flexible. I know as we get older, as things get older, they tend to lose their flexibility. You know, I think about it in my own physical body. One of the things that my doctor tells me is to make sure that you're stretching and make sure you're doing this and make sure you're doing that. Because as you get older, you lose flexibility. I don't believe that's just not true just for your physical body, but I also believe that for us mentally and how we deal with things. As we used to say that sometimes there were some older people who are just what we would call honorary, meaning that they're just kind of stuck in their way, that they want to do what they want to do, how they want to do it. And I know how many of you, I know I can be that way sometimes. I can be honorary sometimes. But what we find is that, you know, you find things, why? Because you're comfortable in this state. So change is hard sometimes. Not, you know, change is easy if everybody's looking for change. But most of the time, everybody, you know, there's a, a, a group that's looking for change, but the rest of them are happy or have grown accustomed to what they were doing. Not that they were necessarily even happy with what was going on, but they have grown accustomed to it. So now when you ask somebody to change something, what you asking them to do is to uproot their comfortability. I find this myself as leading organizations, amen, as I lead, I lead a large organization that people say they won't change, but sometimes that change comes with some disruption. Oh, come on. I'm already preaching. That change comes with disruption. And because it comes with disruption, it makes one uncomfortable. And if it makes one uncomfortable, then one becomes irritated. Why? Because we all have this state that we like to be comfortable, but we've been preaching for a while and we've been saying for a while that we must get in a place, brothers and sisters, that we are comfortable with being uncomfortable. Come on now. What I mean, we're being comfortable with being uncomfortable, meaning that as we go forward and we go through things that things are not always going to be a bed of roses, that we do walk by faith and not by sight, that we hold on to his own um, unchanging hand and, and we and we go through things and we have to deal with things and we have to adjust, amen, and we find the silver lining in everything. I know I'm an optimistic person by nature. I always try to find the silver lining in everything, and I was even thinking about as I was here at home and I got a chance to fish my, I call it my favorite tournament because it's at my home. And so, um, you know, y'all know I pass a fish, you know, I fish competitively and hadn't did it in a, um, a couple of months because of the new job and all the things I've been going back and forth doing, but we got a chance to go yesterday and I was looking forward. Now, mind you, I've been planning to go to this for months because this is one of my favorite tournaments. Why? Because it's at home. It's in my hometown. Amen. So this is an opportunity for me to go fish water that I think I am familiar with or that I know something about or just in the nostalgia of it being at home. So I get to see my parents and go hang out with them. But what happens is like what in all my planning and all the things that I wanted to do there, what everything that I wanted to do, I had a plan and I set things out. And how many of you know that typically you can make a plan, but things don't go the way that you plan? You know, I planned to be here and I flew here, amen, that that was going out and that didn't go to plan. I planned to say, well, I'm going to get down there the day before. I'm going to go hang out with my parents. And that didn't go to plan. But even in all that, even in all the things that changed, that God always has a way because just because, you know, I didn't get there on this flight, but God made a way that I got to stay. Oh, come on, somebody. Um, then, and, and then um, 
even in that, that I got to spend more time with my children because I was able to, you know, after we got through all our doctor's visits and stuff, I was able to spend some time with them and then take them to the fair and enjoy them and, and, and build those family memories. You see what I'm saying? That I didn't plan none of that. That was not planned. But even in my planning, then God's what's teaching me now to be more flexible as I get older. See, it's harder as you get older. When you're young, you just kind of go with the flow on everything. But as you get older, it's tougher because you have to be what? Make these commitments to some things. All right. So then we move on. So then I finally get down to my parents' house. You know, I didn't get to spend the time I wanted with them. But nonetheless, I was there, got up that morning to go to the fishing tournament. And then, of course, what happens? It rains. It hadn't rained in, they say, weeks. I know we needed the rain. But why did it have to rain on my parade is what one would be asking. Why is it raining on my parade? That finally, all this time, I get, I've been doing this and that. And I finally get the opportunity to go fish. Here's the rain. But what I find even in the rain is that we fished in the rain. And what that caused me to do is to what? Not only was I uncomfortable. Yes, I was cold. I'm praying right now. I ain't catch pneumonia. I came home. I doped up. I did everything I know what to do. Amen. I'll take my vitamin C in the morning. Hopefully my body is going to be good. But what I did find is that what I had to learn to adjust in the rain. The tournament was going on as long as it was no thundering, right? As long as it ain't thunder and lightning, you're going to keep going. But what God taught me in this on yesterday was that Sometimes it's going to rain and it's going to rain a hard time, but that doesn't mean that you can't be successful. That means that you're not going to still get done what you need to get done. So yes, I was cold. Yes, I had on my rain gear, but when you in pouring down rain for hours at a time and they were just pouring and I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy all this time. They, but I could look at the banks of the, of the lake and I could see how dried up the lake was. So what I was willing to tolerate the rain, even though it made me uncomfortable. The rain made me very uncomfortable because sometimes then the wind would come. And if you ever been wet and then the wind comes, it makes you even more cold. There were times I almost found myself shivering. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I out here subjecting myself to this to chase some little green fish? But for me, it was not necessarily the fish. For me, it's, it was a way of uh, that I relaxed because I enjoy competition. My body won't allow me to compete the way I used to compete. I can't play basketball the way I used to play. My, my physical knee, my knees just won't allow me to do it. I, I can't competitive weight lift like I used to because it ain't good for my joints. And so there's always something else. And for me, that something else was something that I enjoyed as a kid was fishing. Mm-hmm. So as I go in, like I said, I'm there. And you know what? It started out great, but then the bottom fell out. And then it continued to rain, and it continued to rain, and it continued to rain, and it made the it changed the conditions of the fishing tournament. It changed the water. Everything that I thought I was gonna do, come on, somebody, are you relating this to your life this morning? Everything that you thought you was gonna do, all of a sudden, all these things change. And what I'm telling you to do is find the silver lining in that. And as I went on and and I, I struggled all day, and then I finally caught a fish about eleven o'clock. And I said, oh, maybe this is what they're doing. And then I proceeded to go ahead, and you know what? I catch another one, and I catch a very large fish on top of that. Now, here's the thing. Now, I'm feeling good about myself because what? I'm I'm soaked, and I'm wet, and I'm cold, and I feel like I'm miserable, and I'm asking, and I'm questioning myself, why am I doing it? How many of you find yourself in your life sometimes questioning, Lord, why am I doing this? Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm sick here. I'm miserable here. This is something that I thought I was going to do under a different condition, and under a different... God is taking me a completely different way this morning, but this is different... A different circumstance that I thought I was going to be working in. 
And now he's telling me, now I got to where I got to regroup. Because what this means is that what? The Bible says like that. He said, lean not into your own understanding. I know I say that verse a lot because it's true and it rings true in my life. And I know it rings true in yours. So what I had to do is what? What I understood about it. This is why I plan the way I plan. But what I found out is what I understood about it was not going to work. So this is why we acknowledge him and he's going to direct our path. So every time that we talk to him, he tells us which way we should go. He tells you which way to move. He tell you which way to, to go from and here, then, there. So here I'm finding myself, oh, come on, somebody, that uh, I'm here and now I'm, I'm miserable. Watch this. Though. After I caught the first fish, I kind of got a little energy. <laughs> Why? Because I got a little wind there, okay? I'm like, okay, maybe this is what's going on. Because, you know, this is what I came for. So I fought through all of the rain and I fought through all of the weather for that. So then I get to the point and I catch another one. And like I said, that second one was very large. So now I'm really feeling myself. I'm starting to think, okay, because I've won third place in this tournament before. So therefore, I'm excited to be here. I'm fishing some of the areas that were familiar to me because I knew that there were some fish who typically may hang out in this area. Now I'm doing this and now I'm feeling really good because I got a really good fish on board. Now, one of the things that you, you don't know maybe about the type of fishing that I do is we do catch and release. So basically what we do is we take our cell phone and we have a standardized measuring board that everybody has to have their standard from the manufacturer. So they assume that it's the same size. And on that board, then you have to put your fish down and take a picture of your fish so they can tell how long the fish is. So our competitions are not a, a competition of how heavy your fish is. It's a competition of how long it is. Oh, come on, somebody. That's a little different from the others. All right. So in this, then with the length here, I have to take the fish and I have to put the fish down on the board. As you know, if fate would have it, that fish would not cooperate. That fish was squirming. It was moving. It was this. And I'm trying to get this picture. And I have on my, my wet gloves, but it's soaking wet. Everything's wet. I'm wet. The boat's wet. I'm taking on water. All kinds of things have gone all around. And now I finally have a good fish. I have a fish that's going to put me in competition to win the competition. So now I'm excited. So I've forgotten how cold I am. I've forgotten how wet I am. I've forgotten that I may be out here as the black. I mean, the old people used to say, I'm out here catching my death. Amen. But I, I'm excited about it. So now I'm trying to get this picture. And as you know what happened, what happens? The fish jumps out of the boat. Lord, why did that happen? As tough as it's been, as hard as this fishing tournament has been because of the weather and because of the cold and because of the rain, now here it is that the fish jumps out of the boat. I did everything I supposed to do. I got the fish here. I done everything I supposed to do textbook. I got the fish in place. I got it down. I got this. And at the last moment, I feel the fish struggling, and I'm holding the fish with both of my hands. If any of you met me in person, you know I'm not a small guy. I'm six foot two, about 280 is what I go for about now. And I I got some big hands, amen. Well, maybe I'm a little bit average, but I was holding that fish down with my power. I, I'm very strong. I'm fairly strong, amen. You put me in the weight room, I know my way around a little bit, but I couldn't hold a fish on the board. That fish was destined to get off my board. Therefore, it didn't count. What are you saying, Pastor, with your story? What I'm saying is simply this. You could be doing all the right things. In your life, you're paying your tithe and you, you're going and, you, and you're worshiping and you, you're praying in the morning and you're praying in that new day and you're living to the best of your ability. You, you're walking in forgiveness and you're walking in the light and you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. And sometimes things just go awry. 
For the Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. But what happens is what time and chance happen to them all. This is why you see bad things sometimes happen to good people. Oh, just because something bad happened to somebody doesn't mean necessarily that they were in sin. It doesn't mean that they were doing something wrong. It don't mean this, but the Bible tells us that time and chance happens to us all. Explain that. It can't be explained. So this is why what? We lean not into our own understanding. So of course you can tell. Like and, and So if you go through your life and you see things like this, it can be discouraging because life is hard. Yes, it is. And I don't understand how people live life without Jesus Christ. Amen. Because I think about it every single time. If I didn't have Jehovah Jireh to lean on, if I didn't have Elohim, El Shaddai, the Lily of the Valley, and the bright morning star, if I did not have him to lean on, then I ask myself, how would I make it through this? I don't know. So now when I see the world doing the things that the world do, when they say the things they do, when they talk about doing this and they talk about doing that, I get it. Because they don't have nobody to have hope in. Mm -hmm. They have nobody to, to go in. So this is building on what our subject was. So of course that took, like back to the story, it took the life out of me. I literally wanted to cry. Because I wanted that, I needed that fish so bad to win this tournament. And I want to win this tournament really bad. And you know what? I was just there for a moment. <laughs> it's pouring down raining. Everything in me just wanted to get take my boat home, and quit. Everything about me said I wanted to quit. My demeanor said I wanted to quit. The, the, the sogginess of my body said I wanted to quit. And here it is, I got a couple more hours to go. And now I'm just feeling demoralized. But somehow, you know, I, I reach out to a friend, and I call my friend, and I just needed to vent. And I just went on to him, you know, because I have a little headset I'm wearing, and I just told him about everything that happened. And he was like, yeah, I know, it happens. And what I'm here to tell you today, as you vent to me or you vent to God, you pick up the phone and you call your God. You talk to God. You tell God, look, Lord, I was doing this, Lord. I was going this direction, Lord. I thought this is what you had me to do, Lord. I was moving in this way and I was going in that way and I was doing this and I was doing that, Lord. And all of a sudden, bam, life hits me, Lord. I'm sick. And, oh, Lord, oh, my, oh, my daughter's pregnant. Oh, my son now has a baby. Or, or, or you know, my marriage is breaking up. Or, or my finances. Or I lost my job. Or, Lord, they, they pulled this from under me. Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm here to tell you, tell Jesus. Because sometimes we all need to vent. I know right now, so, you know, psychology and, 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 and psychiatrists are on an on-time high. Everybody's like, I got to go find my inner peace and this and that. And I'm here to tell you today that peace has always been with God. I know sometimes, you know, I believe in counseling. I do. I'm not saying you don't do it. But he also tells us to cast our cares for you care. Because what happens is sometimes we get to the point that we need to confess that to somebody else. Because he already told us to confess our sins to one to another. But what we don't ignore that part. Why? Because we know people are going to judge us and they're going to say some things or they're going to do some things. So therefore, I ignore that part of the Bible, amen, but then I go pay a psychiatrist or whatever to go do it, and if you need to go do that, I, by all means, I say you go do it. It's better in than out, then you suffer with so many other things, so I believe that there is support for that, but well, at the end of the day, when you get all that stuff out, all you're doing is talking to him. You're talking to somebody who can't do nothing about it. 
Because all they do is listen to you and let you work out your own problems. I have a good mentor of mine, uh, a good mentor slash uh, professional coach that I work with. And when as I work with him, most of the time what I find myself doing is I find myself, I'm like, man, y'all know I already talk and I talk even more. But as I talk those things out with him, as I tell him what I'm dealing with, what I, how we figuring to move and, and, and do the things we need to do, what I end up finding is that he, he says very little. My coach says very, very little. It's not much he's, you know, he would say. He would say something to maybe keep me back on track or to get me moving back in this direction or to get me doing this or to get me doing that. It's very little that he would say. But the things he do say is always pointed to what? To get me back on track. So what I find by the time I end up with my coaching session, I feel way better. <laughs> Why? Because I didn't have anybody to talk these things to. See, see, that's, here's the issue. That some of us, there's some things that we're dealing with that we, yeah, we need to talk to somebody. But what we find is that we can't find anybody that, number one, that we trustworthy and full of integrity and full of the Holy Ghost. And then the other piece of this is that they also understand because they work on the same levels. See, I can't disclose everything that I do to someone who does not work on that level. Why? Because they would be foreign to them. Amen. And they would give an opinion of it that would be just from that level. That mean that it's not something that you can't learn from that level. But there's some things that what that you as a as a I would say as a. A, a peer that you express to another peer, amen. And, and there's conversations that I had that what that they're able to understand and truly understand what one was going through or what one may feel, amen. Because you know, you really don't know at the end of the day until you actually been there for yourself. So we find ourselves exchanging. Mm -hmm. And because I know that he's been where I want to go, I know he's been there. Then there's some things that I'm that said, and then he's able to say other things back to me. And I walked away, and what I found out is most of the time I solve my own problems just by talking them out. The Bible already speaks about that. I solve my own problems by talking them out, but most of the time our issue is that we don't talk these problems out. We talk them out in our head, and they're never verbally ex um, um, excommunicated. I mean, communicated out of our mouths. Mm -hmm. So out of look, look, see the Bible said, out of the heart, the mouth speaketh, right? So those things are in your heart, they're in you. Let me go ahead and give you this real quick. I've already you know, preached, amen, but I want to make sure I give you some verse and context because I believe this lies right into what God has given us to say for you on today. Also want to give honor to First Lady Ely. I want to, Felicia Ely, I'm just so grateful. Thank you for all the well wishes that we celebrated 21 years of marriage, amen, on this past week, and we're just so grateful for that, amen. I'm looking forward to 21 more, amen, if the Lord um, so be it. So I wanted to talk to you from the subject on today, gifted, anointed, but inconsistent. How many of you know that you're gifted? You're gifted and you're anointed, but you're inconsistent. Oh, come on, somebody. You're gifted, you're anointed, but you're inconsistent. And this is the story of our lives, that we're gifted and we're anointed, but we are inconsistent. That, you know, we, we do this today, we, we'll do that tomorrow, but yet we all over the place. There's no consistency in our lives. But how many of you know that God is calling us to a place of consistency? That he said, well, if you'll be faithful of a few things, then what I would make you what? The ruler over many. Amen. I want you to turn with me. I'll put it on the screen real quick. I know, like I said, I'm all over the place right now. Um, I believe that's where the Holy Ghost wanted to take us, and that's where we went. So I'm okay with that. Well, Romans 12. I'm gonna go. I'm not, I'm sorry, not Romans 12, Romans 11. Romans 11, and I'm going to give you some verses here. I'm putting these up on the screen here. Romans 11, um, we're going to go Romans 11. I'm going to read through these um, fairly quickly, amen. 
Romans uh, 11, 29, and then we'll go over to John. So Romans 11, 29, let me get that for you. Put this up on the screen for those who don't have their um, their Bible or their device. And it says this. Uh, I'll start at... Um, I started 28, 28. Let me see if I can get this shared for you on this morning. All right. Yep, here we go. Let me get this off the screen. And it says this. Every time this thing gets set, I have to reset all these things. And it says this, it says, for as concerning the gospel, they, they are enemies for your sake. But as touching the elect, the election, um, the election, they are behold, um, beloved for their father's sake. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, ye have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. I want you to also go with me to um, 1 John. And you'll find that this falls right in line with what we were already talking about. I just got there. I just got there a little early. We want to start at 1 John 25. Did they give me 1 John? Yeah, 1 John um, 25. And we're going to read. And it says this. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, and even, and, um, even eternal life. These things I have written unto you that concern them that seduce you. But the anointing mm -hmm, which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye not that any man teach you. No man can teach you this. You got the anointing because God is giving it to you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, because the anointing, what? It would teach you some things. Uh-huh. Now watch this. A man can't give you this. God has to give you this. And then the anointing will teach you some stuff um, um, of all things. And it's true and it's no lie. And even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. Ye shall abide in him. All right, last part. Matthew 25. In um, 21, Matthew 25 and 21. All right, scroll down here. And it says this. So his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful of a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. So my subject for you today is simply this. It's simply that gifted, anointed, but inconsistent. How many of you can speak to yourself and say, I'm gifted, I'm anointed, but I'm inconsistent. So here, as I would have started out earlier on today, is I have been reading this book, and I read this book some time ago called The Millionaire Next Door. The Millionaire Next Door, and it was a book about about honestly how people, you know, the next door per everyday person, how they became a millionaire. And one of the interesting things about the millionaire um, next door, it was written by um, Chris Hogan. And in this book, I find that what he's talking about is small changes. And he talks about how most of the people who had became millionaires had did so 
on meager salaries, amen. They were school teachers. They were accountants. They were this, why? They were people who knew that every single dollar that they have matters. They were people who who knew that everything they had, they had the budget and they had to, they had to walk by faith and not by sight. And they know they had to put their arms around certain things and certain things they had to let go. And what he does here is, he talks about how they automatically do things. So they automatically have things deducted out of their checking account and all this stuff so that they can stay consistent with what they were doing. And what we find is that research has told us time and time again, no matter what format we see that the small changes are the ones that last. And because they last, they are consistent. And since they are consistent, they really do change things. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm putting it this way. This is what the Bible said. The Bible says it like this, that it's the small foxes that destroy the vine. Mm, what do you mean? Why? Because it's the little foxes that destroy the vine because they're nibbling where? At the base of the vine and the vine is being, um, being destroyed and it's being disconnected from the ground, from where it gets its roots and where it gets its nutrients, where it gets its power, where it gets its water, where it gets its strength, where it gets everything it needs to sustain life. Are y'all with me? So now we find here that what it's the little things that we do. Yes, you are gifted. What does the gift mean? I'm glad that you asked. A gift comes to you without, a gift comes to you um, without the uh, gifts, uh, without cost. Gifts are what we call free. This is why it's called a gift. A gift is given you for free. So that's something that you do, my brother. That's something you do, my sister. That's something you do, my, uh, that you are able to do that nobody else is able to quite do it the way that you do it. Amen. And God's already said to you, and we read in the verse that gifts are given without repentance, meaning that what? He is not going to repent that he gave it to you, meaning that what he called you to do, he asked you to do, and you need to do it, amen, because when you do it, the world is different. When you do it, things have changed. When you do it, things prosper. When you do it, things go forward. Nobody quite does it like you. I think about it all the time, and I tell my wife, I tell my wife about her gift, amen. My wife is a great decorator, and she said, well, baby, I just can't just do it off the top of my head. I got to get in this zone, and when I get in this zone, it reminds me of what, like the basketball players and football, they said, when you're really doing your thing, you get in this zone, and you zone out, and you get to a point that nothing else matters, and you just get really zoned in into it and you just do it and you do it and you do it and you do it. And people sit back and they look at all, all the things that you do, that you do better than other people. Amen. It's your gift. This is why your gift, the Bible said, your gift will make room for you. Meaning that what? Nobody else does what you do. So therefore, when you do it, then it automatically makes room for you because we need what you have here in the earth. That God giving you that gift, he gave it to you and he's not going to be sorry that he gave it to you. So that means that whatever he's assigned you to do, he expects you you to do it, whether you do it or not. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I heard I'm preaching in here this morning. So then what we find is that what? Now we have this gift. So now you are to what? Use your gifts. Your gifts are going to make room for you. The Bible is telling us that all the time. And I tell you all, I, 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 I serve some of the most talented people that are in the world, amen, at the Safe House Church and at my job. Some of the most talented people that I know, but amen, but you can be gifted and talented and lazy. Woo! I almost caused this day. I was going to call it gifted, anointed, but lazy. 
<laughs> gifts and anointing, but lazy. Why? No, but gifts and anointing inconsistent. Why? Because I always have to make a choice. See, life is about choices. You can choose whatever it is that you choose to do. Amen. God has given us a life full of choices. Amen. In fact, that salvation itself is a choice. The fact that you're listening to me this morning was a choice. The fact that I got up and I decided that I'm going to go in and I'm going to preach God's word was a choice. Amen. And it's a choice that I made. It's a choice that you made to listen. It was a choice that you made to come in here and tune in. Amen. There is always a choice to be made. And he always given us the ability to choose. Even in the garden of Eden, he told us not to eat of the tree, but yet he did not take our choice and our ability to eat of the tree. Amen. So what did they do? They went in, they made a choice and they ate of the tree. Amen. So what are you saying, pastor? That what? God is giving you these gifts and these anointings and yet you sit them because you choose to do something else. Mm. I don't know what's more important than serving our God. Because he already told me that. You said, what, cash your cares for you? He cared for you. He already told me that. You put, ye, put seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what all these things will be added unto you. All mean all these other things. He already know what you need. He already told us on last week. He said, look to the birds, amen. Because he said there was going to be a raven that was going to bring you, I'm going to show you, um, you he was going to have a brook there for you to drink out of. And there was going to be a raven that was going to bring you flesh in the morning. And he was going to bring you flesh in the evening. Yet, yeah, but what? We spent all our time trying to create this thing. Yet, yeah, we spent all our time trying to do this. Yet, yeah, we spent all our time going forward doing this and doing that. And what? We're spinning our wheels. And then we wonder why it's not working out. But your gifts are free. That God has given you gifts and he's given you anointing to be able to carry out these gifts, which brings me to my second point. So then he what, he puts the anointing on you. The anointing is poured on you. It's poured on you. How does it get poured on you? What? You have to be in proximity. Amen. Every time you notice in the Bible when someone was anointed, what they did is that what? They were there and they poured this oil on them. So there is oil on you. Amen. The anointing starts from the head and it flows down. So what did he do first? First, he, before he anoints my body, he anoints my mind. Amen. The Bible said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So as my mind goes, my body goes, my mind decides what I put in my body. My mind decides how I move. My mind decides how I go and I move and I do things and all this. That The brain is the central control system for the body. Amen. So therefore, if I don't get my head right, amen, if my head is not right, then my body can't be right. If the head is not right, then the body can't be right. If the head is not right, that means the body can't be right. So husbands, if you're not in your rightful place, if you're not doing what you, oh yeah, I'm being pastor this morning. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're not at your face before God, how can you expect the rest of your house to go forward? Oh, come on, somebody. Look, if you're not, if you're the head of your job and you're not doing the right things, then how do you expect the rest of the body to do the right things? If you're not being consistent, how do you expect the rest of them to be consistent? If you in and out, if you halfway doing things, how do you expect the rest of them to want to do it? They only going to do what they can see. Oh, come on, somebody. If they can see it, they can be it. Mm-hmm. And then, they, then they'll achieve it. Amen. So I find myself that what I live my life out loud. I'm one of those ones. I am anointed to be able to do that. So don't be looking at my gifts and be jealous because I'm going to learn. I'm not going to look at your gift and be jealous, even though some things I just kind of wish I could do. Amen. I'm one of those ones. I love woodworks. I love things that people make with their hands. Maybe it's just the God in me, you know, because Jesus was a carpenter. And you know what? I do not have the ability to carpenter. My wife tell you, I've spent so much money on stuff that's been made with wood. I'm looking at, as I sit in this room right now and talking to you right now, I'm sitting right here, I see one, two, I see three pieces that I bought 
from people who carve things because I like them. And I know it's something I wish I can do, but I don't have the ability to do that. So watch this. So they have the ability to do that. But you know what? I'm a mathematician. I have the ability that God has given me an extraordinary ability to be able to think and be able to communicate with people and be able to talk and be able to be passionate and enthusiastic about that. That's part of my gifting. So what I find is this. My gifting pays me. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Their gifting pays them. So what I do is what I have, what, what I don't have, I'm able to purchase part of their gift. Woo! Did y'all get that? I'm able to purchase part of their gift to be able to meet my need. See, my need is that I can't carve wood like that. That's a talent I do wish I had. But since I don't have it, and I still want it a part of my life, God has put me in a position that I can honor somebody by paying them for what it is that God has given them. This is their gift, making room for them where? In the marketplace. Yeah, Come on, everybody need to get this word this morning. See, those who are, who are here are supposed to be here. I believe that. All right, so watch this. Then my gift makes room for me. Because then people pay me to do things that they can't do or don't want to do because they can't do them as well as I do them. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? So everybody's in need. Yes, I need this in my life, but it's not my call. It's not my gifting. You are, watch this, I can do it, but I might not be anointed to do it. Case in point, when we first started the Safe House Church, we did not have a ministry of music. Pastor did it. I'm not a singer. I embarrassed myself, I believe, Sunday to Sunday for almost two, almost three years trying to sing and I'm singing over the internet. I dare wouldn't even sing in the church, not alone the internet, because I know God has not gifted me that voice to be able to do that. However, I did what I have to do for as long as I needed to do it because of what the call was. See, let me explain it to you like this. A butter knife can replace a screwdriver in a pinch, but you don't consistently keep doing that or you're going to destroy the butter knife. So now the function of which the butter knife is supposed to have been for is no longer valid. Oh, I know. I'm the only one who's done that, right? Taking a butter knife when I needed a screwdriver and I didn't have a screwdriver handy, so I took a butter knife and I used that butter knife to put that screw in the rest of the way or take it out or whatever the case may be. It was a little loose and I just grabbed the butter knife to do it. Did it work? Yes. Will it work in the pinch? Yes. And see, this is what some of us, we find ourselves that God has given us this thing. And what we did is we made it work in a pinch. But over time, it kills it. It destroys it because the use of that butter knife was to put on butter and to spread things, not to be a screwdriver. But a screwdriver, watch this. If a screwdriver is a screwdriver, I can screw all the screws I want in there all day long and it would not destroy the screwdriver. Why? Because it was designed to screw the screws. The butter knife was designed to spread the butter. So this is where we get with this. Some of us using our gear things because we have the ability to do a lot of stuff, but we don't have the anointing to do it. Woo! 
So yes, pastor sung, but I didn't have the anointing to do that. But I had to do what would need to be done in a pinch. Now, if I kept doing it over time, what would happen? It would start affecting my, my anointing. Oh, y'all get this is good stuff. Y'all need to share this with somebody. Do you see what I'm saying? So the longer I did work out of function, it affected what I was anointed to do. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Glad you asked. Because I was singing, I would get to the point that I got time to preach to you all, and my body was already tired. My voice, I have limited capacity in voice just like you do. I can't yell and scream and all this stuff for hours on end and expect my voice to continue to hold up. See what I'm saying? So what you don't know is that, yeah, it was a strain for me because I'm not a singer. I worship with everybody else, of course, but I'm not a singer. I'm not even a singer or a lead singer at all. I'm a musician. Yes, I can play a couple of instruments, but that was it. So when I was forcing myself to sing, what happened was I would be singing, I would be straining my voice, and then when it came time to preach, my voice was already, already gone. I don't know if y'all ever even noticed that. But I struggled. So when I would come home, my wife would tell you. She'll tell you that I went straight to bed. Because people drawing on you and getting things out of you is exhausting. And therefore, you have to be gifted and anointed to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So watch it when you're out of function. Yes, you're gifted. But are you anointed to do that? So let's talk about the anointing. The anointing, I told you, it's poured, right? So here, watch this. You can lose the anointing. Let me let that sink in. You can lose the anointing. So you notice when we read the scripture verse, what he said, that let this abide on you and let the anointing teach you. And then what? You live in it. See, the reason you have to live in the anointing the anointing, think about it. It's the oil, right? He, the, They will put the oil on your head. Now, you think about it. He put that oil on your head, and you won't consistently going back. At some point, that oil, what? It dissipates. It dries. Because what? The anointing is the piece that everybody else comes to get to rub off of you. If you look up the definition of anointing, what it says is that it's a spiritual ritual that what someone takes, and they pour or they rub it on them. Watch this. Woo! Thank you, Holy Ghost. So God anoints you and he pours the oil on you. It flows from the head down. Okay? Y'all with me? You're tracking. So then what happens is this. As we go out and we use our gifts, in particular the ones that he's anointed us to use, people take pieces of it for themselves. So as they take pieces of it, watch this, what happens? It dissipates. I start to lose it. Now, they don't have the uh, authority or the direct connection. Why? Because these are sinners. Remember, to be a sinner means to be what? Disconnected from God. So it's unbelievers, even those who call themselves in the church, just play in church. They go out of religious format, but they're really not seeking God for who he is and the anointing and the power that he's going to give them. Because if so, they don't need to pull on yours. 
So watch this. So what happens is, what happens is every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, every morning when we pray is that God's anointed. I trust him. He pours on me as the head and then it flows down off of me. When it flows down under me, those who are under my leadership, whether in the physical being or in the church or in the secular, they're under my leadership. So that anointing flows down. This is why you should be praying for pastor to be as anointed as possible. Why? Because the more anointing I have, the more you're going to have. Woo-hoo! Did y'all get it? Because there is a divine order. Come on, black man. Preach today. See, that's a divine order. So the more he pours on me, the heavier it is on me, the more that it comes off of me, and then it flows to you. And then the more that's on you, then it flows to those that God has under you. All of us have somebody. Under. This is why we talk about discipleship. It's important. That's why you got to do your part. So watch this. So when pastor's goofing up and pastor messing up, then there's no oil that's coming down. And then you wonder why you got a hard time. This is why it was so important. You notice this. When they always go back in the Old Testament, they said, when something didn't go wrong, they were like, is there sin in the camp? And they were looking for the sin in the camp. Why? Because it would disrupt the flow of the oil. Mm-hmm. So the oil is poured on you. And you can't lose the anointing by what? Just doing what you do. That means that you in sin, but sometimes you just lose. This is why you hear some preachers and stuff take sabbaticals. I've not been in that situation yet. At some point, maybe God bless us be able to do that. But we're not there. And they take a sabbatical, and what they're doing is doing the sabbatical, they're taking this as a time to refresh themselves, to reconnect, to make sure that what well, I get this anointing that's on me because I have to give you what you have. Yes, you can go to God for yourself. Yes, I encourage you to go with God for yourself. Yes, you can make decisions for yourself. We are not that type of church. You do whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear here. What happens is, is that anointing comes off. And that anointing starts to flow. You want to be in the flow. So when you out here helping people, when you out here in the marketplace ministering to folk, when you out here doing what you do, using your gift, they will take pieces of you with them. Watch this. You know, over here, people always say, the pastor always said that some people are pulling on him. Not just me. If you heard other pastors say it, or they feel like they can feel you drawing on them, that's true. And what that is doing is that you're taking from us what you need for you. And then what you needed for you, somebody else pulls off you for that. And on down the line. So we pulling on God. This is what I'm talking about. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. Because we pull on God to anoint us. And then it flows. Okay? So you can use, lose the anointing. Why? Because you're not abiding in him. So what happens is, yes, you have what you have, but when it's out, it's out. And you have to go with it. This is what you hear people talking about getting retouched. Or I think some people call it this. I don't think you necessarily get refilled, but they've gotten refilled or refreshed because their anointing has run out. Mm-hmm. So watch this. So how do we get to the point that we ran out? Because of our inconsistency. We're here today. Gone tomorrow. I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do that tomorrow. And I'm going to here today. I'm going there tomorrow. 
God is looking not for perfection, but consistency. Consistency is not perfection. Many times we get this mixed up. Consistency is not perfection, meaning what? Simply that this, that consistency does leave some room for error. That maybe I didn't do it today. Let me give you an example. Consistency. Um, I got five, five days in the five days work week, right? Monday through Friday. And maybe I missed something on Wednesday. But I'm there Monday, Tuesday. Well, I'm Thursday, Friday. Then the next week come. I'm there all week. The next week come. I'm there all week. Then the next week come. And maybe I missed that Friday. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm pretty consistent in what I'm doing. But it's not perfect. Perfect means that I would miss no days, no time, no nothing. That's what perfection is, right? But God is asking us to be faithful. Faithful means that you're being consistent. And consistent saying that what? I'm going to be there more than I'm not going to be there. I'm going to do more than what I'm not going to do. See, as a pastor, as a, a supervisor, as a, a man of uh, man of um of my home, uh, the, the king of my home, or whatever the case may be, I appreciate consistency. Consistency helps me to plan better. Consistency builds my trust. If I know I can consist that such and such is going to show up consistently and do good work, I'm more apt to give them other things and maybe not have as much I want to say um, they might get more freedom. And consistency in Christ is the same thing, that God wants us to have things. He wants us to be things. He wants us to do things. Yet, we are not consistent. I see that when we're inconsistent, then he said, how can I bless you with this? Because I don't know if you're going to come back tomorrow. Mm, did y'all catch that? If I bless you with that, well, is it going to be six more months before you come back to church? Is it going to be eight months before you pay tithe again? Are you going to pay tithe the next time until you get until you get to a point that you ain't got nothing, then all of a sudden now you want to pay again? Or are you like, okay, God, I get it. That's, that's God, what God is looking for is you to do the same thing over time. Consistency. Because if he can see consistency, that means he might can trust you. And if he can trust you, there's no telling what he will put in your hand. So I know many have asked, you know, even people have asked me, said, oh, did y'all shut down the safe house? No, we're still here. I'm going to be consistent. That's what I do. I've learned over time, whether it's in my faith or in my work, be consistent. And consistently doing a great job. So that's the other piece of that. But we ain't, we ain't getting that today. I just want you to start to be consistent. Because if you're consistent to the call, you'll start to build and you'll start to develop. I'm better. I'm a better pastor today than I was five years ago. No question about it. But it's been consistent. And the Bible already told you that if you have the anointing, that the anointing will, will teach you those things. But how do you learn the anointing to teach those things? By being consistent. And being inside. He said what? Being in him. So that means what? I have to follow him and be up under him 
and work in what? Consistency. The Bible calls it faithfulness. So if you'll be faithful over a few things, then I'll make you rule over many. Many not, not necessarily people, but maybe many things. I'm here to tell you today, that is true. I've seen it in my own life. If you be consistent, in and out, in season, out of season. No, is the Safe House Church anything like I thought it would be? No, it's better. <laughs> right? You know, I want, I want this. Oh, it can always, something always can be better, right? There's always better. We're always striving towards perfection, right? But he's asking us to be consistent. So, yes, I'm going towards perfection. Yes, I want it to be the very best we can be. Be a, a shining example of God's grace and his mercy. But sometimes God had you at this stage. Why? Because he wants to, you to, he needs you to build consistency here. So when he puts you on the national stage, you see what I'm saying? You'll consistently show up. Now, if you can't consistently show up here on the local stage, I can't trust you to show up on the national stage. If you can't consistently do a good job right here, how can I trust that you can consistently do a good job here? Are y'all with me? Are we tracking? Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I'm saying to you today, brothers and sisters, and I've been a little bit longer than I wanted to be, but when the Holy Ghost take up, you let him lead. Say so he will lead you and guide you all truth and understanding. And I hope that you found this to be a tremendous service and blessing to you on today. That yes, you're gifted. Gifts come free. You ain't got to do nothing. So you, everybody got something. You ain't got to do nothing to do it. Forget it. But that anointing, that anointing comes at a cost. And it's poured on you. And it flows from your head down. And if you don't stay abiding in him in consistency, you can lose the anointing. The anointing, why? Because you got to be in alignment. It's poured from the head down. And as it's poured and you get in alignment, then God will take care of you. I promise he will. I've seen him do it. He's done it for me. He'll definitely do it for you. God bless you all on this morning. I hope that you found this to be wonderful and helpful to you on this day. Remember, gifted, <laughs> anointed, but inconsistent. We got to get consistent. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, and the Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. Lord, we just want to say we thank you. Lord, we thank you for yet another amazing morning, another amazing day. Lord, I thank you for these people, Lord Jesus, who are under the sound of my voice on today. Lord, love on them, bless them, keep them. Help them, oh God, to go to the next level in you. Lord, strengthen them, oh God. Bless them, Lord. Help them to be more consistent in you, Lord Jesus. Help them to go to the next level, Lord Jesus. And know that you've not forgotten them, Lord. If you say that you're going to do it, it is going to come to pass, Lord. And we just honor you, Lord, and we love on you, Lord. And we praise your name, Lord. And we give your name all the honor and all the praise, Lord Jesus. The glory and the power, Lord, for it's yours and yours alone. For we dare not touch that glory. But in all that ways, we acknowledge you and you say that you will direct our path. And we ask you to do all these things to others. Lord, forgive us all our sins, those known and unknown to us. Keep us in the palm of our hand like only you can. We ask you to do all these things to others in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. For we know this one thing, we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you all. I love you all. If this message was a blessing to you, ask that you consider 
<clears throat> that we go into the storehouse and we bring in our tithe and offering on this morning. Amen. For God is good and he's worthy to be praised. So tithe and offering here at the Safe House Church, we give our tithe and offering by way of the cash app or Zale. Amen. We have a couple of options there for you. You have Zale. You can do Zale at offering at safehousechurchgso.com. Again, that's offering at safehousechurchgso.com. Or you can do the cash app at um, dollar sign safe house church GSO. Again, that's dollar sign safe house church GSO. Or you can do PayPal. That's paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Again, it's paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Or you can do the traditional way. Um, write a check or money order to Finding Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Again, it's Find the Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're just so grateful, grateful to all of you. Amen. I had to be pastor this morning. Amen. I believe God had led me to give that message. Amen. And I'm just so grateful to him. So you all continue to pray for me as I pray for you. Pray for me on my many travels and things that I have to do and places I have to go and people I have to see. Um, for God has been good to us and he's been good to you. And I'm just grateful. Remind you that on tomorrow we will be um, uh, having our prayer service. Amen. We pray every morning at 6 a.m. So we look forward to seeing you there at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you ever want to join that, just go to our website and click on the prayer and then join that prayer list. Amen. And we'll give you, um, there is the, the link to our prayer that we share every single morning. And we're there for about um, roughly 30 minutes, give or take. All right. And then on Wednesday night, we do have Bible study. And on this Wednesday, um, we'll probably not be having Bible study again. Um, I am traveling, so um, I will uh, I have to hold off on Bible study again this week. But um, we'll let you know. All right. So God bless you all. Love you all. You all take care. Continue to pray for me as I pray for you. For God is good and he's worthy to be praised. And I believe something good is going to happen to you. Take care. Love you. And remember, anointed, mm -hmm, gifted, but don't be inconsistent. Living consistency. God bless you all. Love you all. Take care. And until next time, um, next week, we'll see you. All right. Bye-bye.